Your time. Anyway, this is the George Wilder Jr. Show. We were off two days a week. For two days, we were off. Uh, there was some some mechanical problem or some uh, technical problem uh, the second time, and uh, things happen. It happens. But believe me, whether we're off or 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 not, there's always plenty of podcasts uh, that have always already been recorded. There's lots of episodes here on the George Wilder Jr. Show for your pleasure. And they all sound as if they could have been <laughs> could have been live and and uh entertaining you at the same time uh on that particular episode. I mean they're all basically I'm repeating some of the same things I'm always saying, especially if I think it's important for America. And what's important what's important for America now now is to get out there and vote. We we'll just have a few days, maybe a week before the midterms at the uh a recording of this show. Okay. So uh, at the recording of this show, uh, of this episode, we have a week before the midterms. 
And uh, once again, I want to say, folks, get out there and vote. Get out there and do your duty. Uh, vote these assholes out. Get them out. Donald Trump, he's declared himself to be a nationalist. That's uh, white supremacy. That's racist. That's hateful. He declared himself. And now Sarah Huckabee Sanders is trying to um, deny that. How can you keep denying something that this asshole has said? And uh, because of that, there's been lots and lots of violence in, this, in, in America, and you know that. And uh, the synagogue, I think this, at the synagogue, um, nine or ten people were killed uh, because of Donald Trump's hateful rhetoric. Yes, he is to blame. He is to blame. He sets the tone for America. He's, I mean, he was at one of his rallies talking about body slamming. You know how, and you've seen his rallies. I've seen them. I've heard about them. They're all about hate and violence. The minute and something, the minute something happens hateful in in America caused by one of his followers, they want to deny that Donald Trump and his hateful, fiery rhetoric had nothing to do with, which is totally bullshit. Stop listening to Sarah Huckabee Sanders. She's a lying fucking B-I-C-T-H. B-I-T-C-H. Right. That's what she is. Um, you know, I mean, that's what she is. She's always, she's all the way up Donald Trump's ass, lying her butt off for, the, for her boss, the guy who signs her paycheck. Okay, here's something else about Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Sarah Huckabee Sanders scolded bomb threat victims for criticizing Trump. Okay, uh, a lot of these people were, were murdered. A lot of the victims saying that Donald Trump is the cause of the violence, which they are. And then Huck, Sarah Huckabee Sanders gets up here, gets up there on her pedestal, which she will not have very long, and lies for Donald Trump. This I'm quoting her. The president is going to continue to fight back. He's fighting fight, – what is he fighting back against? People who are telling the truth on him and he doesn't like it? The White House press secretary says when asked about the language Trump has used for his political enemies. Who is Trump's political enemies? The press, the media, the free press, the free media, which he wants to take away their free card. He wants to stamp them out. He doesn't care anything about me or you criticizing him because to to Donald Trump we're pe- we're peasants we're small people he's going after the big fruit and i agree with some posters and, and what some people say the media needs to stand up on their fucking hind legs and speak back to to Donald Trump and speak back to his lying ass press secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders, because she lies for him. Donald Trump is the main cause of violence in this in America. He has he and his Nazi uh, Republican Party. They have blood on their hands, blood on their hands. And as as we're talking and paying attention to all of this, the Republicans in Congress are robbing us blind. They're lining their pockets with our money. Anytime we're focusing on some bullshit that Donald Trump has said that has caused uh, national, national outrage, the Republicans are, are huddling and, and, and figuring out how to, how to fuck us even more. So it's behooving to everybody out there in the United States of America to also focus on Congress while criticizing 
uh, Trump. Yes, Trump is the cause of this shit. And we all know it. Everybody knows it. And everybody knows that Trump lies. Everybody knows that Sarah Huckabee lies for Donald Trump. They lie like dogs when we can see what's going on. We see it and we hear it. We see it in the videos and they're going to tell us it's not happening. Don't believe what you see. It's not happening when it's actually happening. They think we are stupid. They think that we are the most dumbest people in the world. And it's they who are the most dumbest because they think we're stupid. They think we're stupid. And uh, for thinking we're stupid, they're just as dumb as uh, a piece of wood. And, uh, I, you know, it, it's awful that we're in this type of situation. White House Press Secretary Sanders said Thursday that the President Donald Trump continues to fight back. Fight back. Fight back. He should be fight back against the media for telling the truth, for telling the truth on him, the truth. Donald Trump has threatened the media uh, more times than ever after these uh, incidents of terror and violence in, in America. Well, you better start treating me right. You better start doing this right. Well, you better start doing this. You better start doing that. You better... What kind of shit is that for a president to be saying? As Donald Trump all but admits that if he wasn't the cause of this uh these uh, incidences around America that has gotten people killed because of his hate, hateful rhetoric. He said, he makes it seem that he would have been. You better start writing stuff, better start treating me nice in the press. Now I say this, fuck Donald Trump, fuck Donald Trump. And the, the press has to stop bowing down to this man. They have to, they have to uh, stand up for themselves. Donald Trump is a bully, he's a liar. He's a racist. He's a pig. He's a, <laughs> I mean, he's everything negative that you can think of calling this man. He's a racist. He's a traitor. And you're going to bow down to somebody like this? He doesn't, he, he's not president. He's an illegal president. He fucked with the 2016 election. That's what his lawyer said, his fixer, Mike, Michael Cohen. And Michael Cohen is now a Democrat. This has got to stop, folks. This man has really wrecked and torn up America, and he's blaming other people for it. He, and, then some, and at some point, he admits it. But his, but his surrogates come out and try to uh, say that he didn't say what he said when we heard what he said. He didn't do what he, what he did when we heard that he would do what he did and that he likes body-slamming people. That's not a joke. He revs up his stupid base, fire them up with hate and violence, and then some of them go out here and commit hate and violence in the name of Donald Trump. Give me a break. Give me a break. We have to vote these people out. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, she has to go. She's the biggest liar ever. Donald Trump is the worst president ever ever in the United States. We've never been this fucked up in the existence of this country. And all they try to do is lie their way out of it when we see and hear and and uh, witness for ourselves. And they're going to tell us we didn't hear what we heard or we didn't 
we shouldn't think what we think, even though it's the truth. These people are crazy. And uh, Americans, and also Americans should stand up and fight for their country. There's so many Americans out here who will do nothing for their country. They're looking for somebody else to do something, to do it for them. They're looking for a savior. They're looking for a leader that will uh, do what they want. They want the leader to do what they want this leader to do without them raising a hand. It is so many Americans out. It's 320, 25 million Americans in the United States. It's a shame that that we have so many Americans who are just afraid, scared, crying, feeling sad. Instead of getting their asses up off them couches and putting down that that phone or that laptop computer and finding a way to fight for their country. Stop being jealous of each other. Stop talking about each other. Stop hating on each other. And, and, and focus on the real enemy, which is in the White House. Donald Trump keeps talking about the press is the enemy of the people. The, the enemy of the people is Donald Trump and his Nazi party of congressmen in Washington. Those are the enemy of the people. You know that. I know that. They throw, them, they throw that back. At us, at the media, they are the enemy of the people. Okay, they're not listening to this show. Then you know that. I mean, because if they if, if they were, <laughs> then again they might be. Who knows? Who knows? And who cares? Donald Trump is the enemy of the American people. I've said that several times, and and majority of the Americans know that and they realize that and they agree with that. For Donald Trump to say that Trump, the press is the enemy of the people. That's him trying to distract, distract. But anyway, I'm hearing that um, Robert Mueller will be handing down something coming after the midterms. And I'm hearing that Donald Trump is already blaming Republicans for their midterm loss. I mean, the Republicans in Congress are already blaming Donald Trump for their midterm loss. Isn't that something? Instead of blaming themselves, they're going to blame Donald Trump. Yeah, Donald Trump is going to take a lot of the blame, but these congressmen and senators in Congress who refused to uh, represent and lead uh, their constituency, they're also to blame. They cannot put everything on Donald Trump, even though he is an asshole. He is a, a nationalist. He declared himself to be one in one of his rallies. And you, when you think of a nationalist, you think of white supremacy. You think of racism. You think of all of that. And that's what he declared himself to be. Now, how is they going? How are they going to spend that? They, well, he didn't know what he was talking about. Well, he was joking. Donald Trump never jokes. Even though his surrogates, uh, Kellyanne Conway, who's looking more like Frankenstein every day, lies to the – I don't know, know why these, the media have them on their show. Stop having these assholes on their show. And another thing, stop covering Donald Trump. If you stop covering Donald Trump, he will, he would melt like the Wicked Witch uh, in, in – uh, what was that show? Uh, the Wizard of Oz. He would turn into mush if, if cameras were not uh, at his rallies to uh, uh, record everything. 
But they're the media, so they have to be there. And the media is what Donald Trump is calling the enemy of the people. They have to fight this man back. The media has got to stand up to Donald Trump and press secretary uh, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders because they're liars. No matter what happens in the midterms, Donald Trump will still be president. If the Democrats win, he'll be a weakened president. But if the Republicans win, they're going to destroy the country. They pretty much said so. They're going to take a. They're going to rip apart entitlement programs, including Social Security. They they said so. Mitch Turtleneck, <laughs> Mitch McConnell said, "Yeah, we're coming after entitlements. We're coming after them." But uh, they're now saying that uh, the Republicans are going to start. Being Donald Trump for the midterm loss. Why are the pre- why are the uh, Republicans jumping the gun on this? Why are they jumping the gun? They're so fucking afraid.
Contributed to Trump's hate hate rhetoric from his rallies. So more than 35,000 people have signed an open letter to President Donald Trump from the leaders of Pittsburgh-based Jewish community who say the president will not be welcomed in the city uh, unless he denounces white nationalism and stops targeting minorities after a mass shooting Saturday at a local synagogue that left 11 people dead. Sorry. Nevertheless, the White House had announced Donald Trump would travel to Pittsburgh on Tuesday, ignoring the letter as well as a plea from Pittsburgh's mayor that the president at least refrain from visiting while we were burying the dead. Uh, the first of the funerals for the 11 shooting victims is expected to take place uh, this Tuesday from the show. So the old letter, which was published and shared on Sunday, Written by 11 members of the Pittsburgh affiliate of the Ben of Arc, a national organization uh, for progressive Jews focused on justice following what is being called the deadliest attack on Jews in, in U.S. history. The shooting at the Tree of Life Synagogue also left several people injured, including, the, including law enforcement. This is what Donald Trump's rhetoric brings. And now these folks in Pittsburgh, they don't want him there. As I just got through saying, no one wants Donald Trump. Donald Trump was in Illinois, uh, my hometown, Illinois, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we didn't want him here. We don't want him here. Uh, he came here to stomp for Bruce Rauner, who was in a hot reelection bid for governor. Uh, and uh, yeah, I don't want, and I, and I'm hearing that the crowd sides was pretty. The crowd size was pretty small, uh, but to Donald Trump, I'm pretty sure it was huge, you know, 
So nobody wants Donald Trump, but Donald Trump is going to go there anyway, despite uh, what the people want. He know he and this is this is a direct uh, uh, from his rhetoric, his hate rhetoric, violence uh, at his rallies, rearing up his hateful uh, base to go out here and and do things. I mean. You're not – if you're an American, you're not safe in America. I mean I don't care what color you are. You're not safe here. Viewing his rhetoric because remember, at these rallies, Trump gets really, really hateful. He – the violence that he espouses is really, really deadly. And he fucking people who are following him, he, when he revs up the hate, go out here and commit crimes. And then he – acts innocent and in some cases he admits it because he's he's telling the media well if you guys don't want to uh if you uh, it's the media's fault y'all better start treat you better start treating me right or or more of this is going to happen to the media slam dump slam uh body slamming a, a a reporter he's he's done these things before what kind of president is this? And then you have Sarah Buck Huckabee Sanders, who is a true, true liar for this guy. I mean, this I mean, a lot of these reporters who go to these White House briefings every morning and Sarah Huckabee Sanders stands there in front of them, uh, either eluding or refusing to answer a direct a direct question or trying to get them to believe something that they know is not true. They should just get up and walk out on her. The media has to stand up on their hind legs to President Donald Trump and to Sarah Huckabee Sanders. We're tired of the bullshit. We're not, we're not little kids in a kindergarten class, and, you are our, and you're the teacher. We are grown uh, people. We are Americans. We're trying to do our job. That's what we're trying to do. Your, our job is to come here and ask questions. Your job is to ask those questions. Uh, 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 the, your job is to answer those questions. Pardon me. <laughs> I get so heated sometimes, folks, and uh, it, it's 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 a mess, you know. So more than thirty-five thousand people have signed an open letter, President Donald Trump, from the leaders of Pittsburgh, a a, a Jewish-based group who say that the president will not be welcomed in their city unless he denounces white nationalism. Trump is not going to denounce anything. I'm going to tell you, man, he's not going to denounce anything. I mean, he's going to pretend like he didn't even hear it. Now, this guy is not uh, – he has to go. He has to go, and we're going to try to do that uh, just a few days from now, November 6th. And uh, you folks get out there and you vote, and and uh, – I'd like to say something to those folks in Texas. Uh, if you're out there voting, don't vote. Do not, do not, do not vote for Ted Cruz. If you're voting for anybody, do not vote for Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz is just a uh, um, dual pigeon for Donald Trump. What can I say? He admits it. He admits as much, you know. So don't vote for Ted Cruz, because I know a lot of uh, seniors and a lot of uh, older people. Some who don't know any better would go out there. They go out to Ted Cruz's rallies and they listen to him spew hate and violence. 
and he sounds good. He talks pretty clearly, and they feel that that that's enough for them to cast a vote for him. No. Do not vote for Ted Cruz, because if you vote for Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz is going to vote to take away your Social Security, your Medicare, your Medicaid, every, every entitlement program there is. He's going to vote against it. So we have to kind of uh, school our seniors on some of these things. All right, you, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show, and we are on the air. It feels good. It really feels good. Feels good. All right, you're on the show. Go right ahead. You're on. Hello? This is Elisa Busto. Hello? Oh, uh, yeah, you're here. I hear you. Go right ahead. Good. So, are you going to ask me a question? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm trying to make sure that we, we're uh, uh, connected here. Yeah, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you... Uh, uh, of course, tell us about yourself. So, uh, you're you are an author, I understand, and uh, uh, by yourself, uh, give us a little bit of uh, a, a bio on you, and then uh, get into your book. Yes. So, should I start saying something about myself? Yeah, I just said that <laughs> you could talk about yourself just for a little bit, and then talk about your book or or whatever you do. All right. Okay. Um, hello, my name is Elsa Busko, and um, I am Danish, and I became a writer and um, an author because uh, 23 years ago, I encountered the, ma- the material uh, that has been revealed by the Danish mystic called Martinus, and he lived from 1890 to 1981. And when he was 30, he had two very profound spiritual experiences during meditation, which made him able to see beyond the physical world into the spiritual world beyond. And um, it, it expanded his consciousness to the extent that he achieved cosmic consciousness. And uh, based on this insight, he wrote 10,000 pages of spiritual insight. It is the most complete spiritual revelation ever disclosed to humankind. And I had the extreme luck to encounter that uh, 23 years ago. And um, when I had read it, I was so enthusiastic that I thought, whoa, I have to tell (laughs) somebody about this. So that resulted in my first book uh, called Death is an Illusion, which was published in 2002. And since then, I have written six other books about aspects of Martinez's uh, insight. It is a complete, holistic, and comprehensive philosophy about life and death and why death is an illusion. And um, obviously, finding this material changed the whole way I looked upon the world, and um, it expanded my my vision, I could say, that it was impossible after, afterwards, it was impossible for me to see the world in any other way than, than through what Martinez had revealed to me. Um, so, yeah. Death is an illusion. Okay, so what are you saying? Death is not permanent or it's, you know, or it's not... 
the end of the world is not the end of life? What do you mean by that? <laughs> I mean that the whole point is that we are not identical to our physical body. That is the idea that most people adhere to today. They think that they are identical to their physical body, but they don't realize that their physical body is just an instrument for their spirit. And then you can say, well, what is the spirit? But the spirit is actually identical to our consciousness. And what survives the death of the physical body is our consciousness. And uh, our consciousness is really an electrical field of information. And no wonder that um, this, this electrical field of information can, can hold all the knowledge that we have achieved through many, many lives. And another point here is that the one life theory that most people adhere to today has never been proved and it will never be proved because that is not how things are. We are eternal beings on an everlasting journey through physical and spiritual realms. And one, okay. when are the physical? Yes. Okay. Come on. I, I, I think uh, what you're saying is that our bodies are just a shell that's that's uh, encompassing our soul, which is going to live forever. Yeah, the body absolutely. will die. Yes, okay. the body will die, and then after some time, after a good long rest on the spiritual plane, we will reincarnate again and start mm-hmm. uh, our, our continue our development from where we stopped the last time we died. So we are for each life we live, we sort of advance, we become more knowledgeable, we become more moral, we become wiser, we become better looking. <laughs> and um, so it's really a progress. <laughs> we, we do make progress for each life we live. And when we think of our ancestors, yeah. we think, oh, those ancestors, they did this and that. Those ancestors were actually us. So we have personally been through the whole human evolution from when we were apes and started walking on our hind legs. So we've that been here before. Oh, we've absolutely been here before. And um, <laughs> we will also be here again. I mean, yeah. it is, we're just on a long journey. And um, I mean, I explain it all in my book, Death is an Illusion, not uh-huh. all. Yeah. Death is an Illusion is a book that is a general introduction to the the world picture of Martinez, and um, I've written yeah. it as I've made it as accessible as possible because obviously his work is very profound and it's not a quick fix. And uh, yeah, I have yeah my books in order to make it as accessible as possible. <laughs> yeah. Okay, author Elsie by is that by no, Busco. It's an, an ordinary Busco on the George Wilder Jr. show, and uh, this is very interesting. And you know what? I, I I'm I'm not a believer of, of of much, but I do believe this. I do think we've been here before, and I do think when we die, we're just going to be reincarnated as and put back here. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, Absolutely. And put right what back is- here, not knowing anything about the uh, previous lives that we've led while we were here but uh, we'll be uh, maybe uh, in a new body but we'll be put right back here 
Yeah, and let me just say that it is true that we don't actually uh, actively remember our past lives, but our past right. lives are with us. They are with us every day uh, in the shape of the person we have become. I mean, what mm-hmm. what we think, what we like, what we don't like, our possible fears or phobias, that what we can find it in our hearts to do to others, our morals, our intelligence, all this, everything we are has been shaped through our experiences in former lives. So it's not as if that our former lives have been dismissed. No, no. Yeah. They are with us in, in, in everything we are. And it also explains, yeah. I mean, why are some people more loving and more compassionate and moral than others? And it all depends on the experiences they have had through their former lives. And not everybody stands at the same level of evolution, which yeah. is pretty up. Yeah, and uh, in some words, you can say death is is not an ending but a beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Death is a mm. homecoming because yeah. we always have our spiritual body, and it's only from time to time that we have a physical body in addition to our spiritual body. So our spirit, the spiritual world, is really our home. And then in order yeah. to experience contrast and, and learn and, and become more all-loving, we have to go down to go to school here on the physical plane. And, um, I mean, it's, it's all I, – I find the Martinez world picture very logical. It makes so much sense mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the one-life theory makes no sense at all. I mean, you have mm. – you can look at two different – a person who is living in prosperity and happiness and lives until he's 98, and a child who lives in Africa and starves to death at the age of two. And you say, these two lives are the only lives that those two persons are going to get. Then where's the justice? And where's the logic? And where's the, the love? I mean, that is absolutely what kind of God would create such fates that are so unequal, un- unequal. And that is because yeah, we that's cannot, why I think. Yeah, I think that's yeah, why so many people are turning away from the church, because mm. I mean they've just something is not right. Exactly. <laughs> something is uh, exactly. gonna gonna awry here because you you've grown up to think to believe in God to believe to believe in Jesus, and they are mm-hmm. standing for you know uh, for the right. And this is and you look at all the the death and destruction and hunger and homelessness and killings and bombings and bombings and killing kids and children. You say, where, what's, what has gone awry here? (laughs) But the thing is, you cannot understand your life seen in the one life perspective. You cannot understand your fate story seen in a one life perspective, but the fates will level out over a Uh whole number of lives so that at the end of the day, it, it will be just because what you sow in one life, you can reap in another life, in a later life. Yeah. And what you can sow in this life, you can also reap in this life. But that is all governed by the law of karma, which decrees you reap as you sow. So, Elsie. And I, yes. Can I ask Tell a me. question? Mm. Okay. Do you think uh, it's unreasonable for people to be afraid to die? There are so many people afraid to die when they shouldn't be afraid to die. They maybe should should accept death. No, they should absolutely not be afraid to die. 
Dying is a wonderful experience. And I mean, why don't, if you are afraid to die, why don't you read some of the hundreds of books that have been published about the near-death experience? And they all unanimously say how wonderful it is. And they don't want to come back. It is so absolutely wonderful on the other side. If I died, I, if I, if I died, I know exactly I wouldn't want to come back. I said, no, 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 <laughs> no, not the same crap again. No, exactly. no. <laughs> no, no, thank no. you. <laughs> but, the, but the point is, the point is that at a certain point, after you have had a good long rest in the five-star hotel, which, which the, um, the death realm is. Then you will you will okay. be told it's time for you to get on with your evolution, with your development, and there are certain things you have to go down and learn. So how about it? You're ready for a, a new incarnation, and you will you will say no, I'm not. And then they will say, well, you have to if you have to sort of make progress in your own evolution. And then you say, okay, I'll go down again. And uh, that's how it works until we reach the point when we become real human beings. And real human beings, which is not what we are at the moment, the real human being is somebody who cannot steal, who cannot lie, who is not greedy, who only lives to serve others, and who emanates uh, compassion and universal love. And uh, once we have reached that point, then... Um, we have become finished human beings and then after some time we don't have to reincarnate for eons of time but then we move in the cycle and when we have completed the cycle a new cycle begins a new cycle of, of, re, of rebirths and uh, and re, rebirths so it is this I is mean, all so interesting this is yeah. so interesting and and uh, and I you know not uh, too keen on the supernatural, but this is interesting, and I do believe in some of it. I can't say I'm I'm, I'm convinced on all of it, but uh, uh, maybe by reading your book, I can gather some more insight into what you're talking about, because I do think when we die, we actually uh, uh, don't die. You know, your body is dead, but you're still living. Yeah. Yeah, you are exactly the same, whether you have a Mm -hmm. physical body or Everything that you are sits in your consciousness, and that is the field of energy which you pull out of the physical body when the physical body is has become useless, be it of old yeah. age or, in, yeah. or illness. And yeah. and uh, it, I mean, I cannot recommend enough that you read uh, the Martinez material, and you can start with my book, Death is an Illusion, because that will give you an idea. Or you could look at my website, NewSpiritualScience.com, yeah, where you can see I was going to get to that. Uh, we, uh, where can we find your work? Uh, yeah. Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, yeah, or your website? Give us all of that information. All my books are on Amazon, and I have a, an mm-hmm. author profile there, of course. And um, as I said, NewSpiritualScience.com is my main website. I also have another website called deathisanillusion.dk and uh, elzebusco.com. But, um, and you say you've written six books. Yes, and the seventh is almost done, and it would be published in January. Wow, and, you, have uh, been, you have enlightened us on this show, and I'm pretty sure my listeners are... are, uh, uh, are interested also in what you're saying because I do believe what you're saying some aspects of it is totally totally true 
And whether there's a God out there or not, I know there's something out there that's looking down on us, you know. And let me just say that Martinez material will probably appeal mostly to the atheists because those who are firm in their belief, who still have a working belief system, they don't need the Martinez material. But those who have left and uh, any all the religions, as I had myself, I was an atheist for, for many years before I encountered this material. And um, this is actually, I mean, the atheists are those who are mostly, um, most probable to find interest in this because it appeals to our, the, 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 the Martinus material appeals so much to our intellect. It does not appeal to our feelings like most uh, religions do. So it's a, a, a totally different uh, kettle of fish, if I can say. <laughs> I can say it yeah. like that. Okay. So, so um, okay. It, it, and it has specifically the reason why it has come out at this point in time is that that m- many people are no longer able to believe. It's not that they don't want to believe because I wanted to believe, but I couldn't. Exactly, but, exactly. Same yes. here. I wanted to believe. I tried like. Dickens to believe. You wanted yeah. to believe. You wanted to believe yeah. that there was someone walking the earth, feeding the, Please healing the sick and feeding the hungry. You wanted to believe someone yeah. looking down on you, protecting yeah. you, and yeah. you wanted to. You wanted to believe that someone was someone up there loved you and was protecting yeah. you and looking down on you, as long as you uh, uh, did the things that he, the you know, Ten Commandments and all that kind of thing. Someone yeah. was uh, watching over you. Yeah, but exactly. I don't know. No, no, but but uh, that is so true. And and the Martinez material has specifically been designed, if I can put it like that, for us who are living here today, people with a, a scientific outlook on life, living in modern societies uh, that 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 don't necessarily have a religious basis because as I said so many people today are leaving the churches because the churches do not satisfy their intellect the the, 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 the religions tell us to believe no matter what whether it makes sense or not <laughs> and as a lot of it that does not make sense it does not make sense to an intelligent person then yeah, then they yeah. will then they will simply leave the religions because what's the point? If I have to believe in God and, and yes. these are the conditions, then I'm out of here. And um, yeah. Martinus material yeah. specifically caters for those who who are hungry, who are hungry for a logical explanation yeah. Yeah. to the solution. Okay. Um, the... Yeah. Elsie, we're about to run out of time, so uh, give us a... a... Uh, a small cap what, what what you're trying to say about all of this and give us tell us one more time where we can find your books and I would like to know how are your material how is it doing how are people reacting to what you uh, what you just said here I mean um, it's my book Death is an Illusion has been out on the market uh, for 16 years but nobody. Not, yeah, you said two thousand two. But it, has, it hasn't sold a lot. I don't think people have really discovered it yet, and that is why I'm really happy to have this opportunity to talk to somebody like you, yeah. who so yeah. that I I sort of spread the word because 
this is really also a, the Martinez material is an absolutely deeply optimistic worldview. It, it has a, a really logical explanation about what will happen in the future. We have so many good things to look forward to. Once we get out of this, the, the mess that we're in at, at the moment with wars and greed and egoism and intolerance, you know, all, all those things have to be outlived. Yeah. Once they yeah. are outlived, we will, we will have a very bright, bright and lovely future. And I think that alone will, will <laughs> be very appealing to a lot of people who really think that the world will go under and Armageddon is just around the corner, which it absolutely yeah. is. I think so, too. Uh, author Elsa Bykov on the George Walter Jr. Show. I'm going to send you a, uh, a link to the show that you're on. Maybe you can put it on your website and people can come by your website and listen to you on your show. Because you, you said a lot here. You said a mouthful here. And I think if you uh, take this show and put it on your website and oh, people can come by and hear you being, being interviewed on this show. And uh, I think what you're saying is have some Okay, some validity for being on the show, and you know, you can always come back on the show and talk some more about about this. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much for having me, George. Thank you. All right. No problem. Bye bye. All right. Author Elsie Bicol on the George Washington Show. I'm just hoping that I'm pronouncing her name correctly. She says she's Danish. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio, making the world a better place. Hate, lies, have no home here. Our ad in life, the next level is always waiting. Click follow. Click to follow this show. Okay. Leave comments to buy books <laughs> by myself. Uh, just go to my uh Click on my Amazon website. All right, we'll be right back, folks. We're going to take a musical break. I hear we will be right back. Stay right there.
as I was discussing later earlier, um, the media has to stand to Donald Trump. There's no doubt about it. The media has to have to stand up to Donald Trump's. And and another thing they have to do is stop giving him so much press coverage. You take them cameras away. You take uh, 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 the press and the media away from these these senseless and nothingless and no uh, newsworthy uh, rallies uh, away from this guy, and he's he he'll stand there and cry like a baby because he's not getting attention. The media has to stand up to Donald Trump, shout back at him, scream back at him, stop bowing down to this man. He he's nothing. He's a traitor. He's a loser. He's a he's a racist and a white nationalist. Why are you? Bowing down to him. The media has to stand up. I mean, when you're watching this, I don't watch these press conferences. Uh, I, I haven't. I don't think I've ever watched one with uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. But I've I've seen clips of the uh, some of these uh, uh, White House press uh, uh, conferences on YouTube and uh, another. Uh, video uh stream sites but i've never actually sit down sat down and watch a press conference uh from the white house uh, because i know what i will be getting sarah huckabee sands treating those, those media people who's sitting out there in those chairs while she's up on her pedestal looking down on them like they're you know uh uh not worthy and they're looking back up at her like she's some queen they have to stand up to these people. The media has Donald Trump fight back. The media is not the enemy of the people. I don't give a shit how many don- times you hear Donald Trump say that they are not. They are a free press. Go read the Constitution. They are a free press. They can print what they want to. They can say what they want to. If they print the wrong thing, if they if they, they can be sued for death defam- def- uh, uh defamation. What what is the word? <laughs> I can't think of the word. Uh, defamation or, or something like that, close to that. Um, and liable. Defamation, I'm sorry. Defamation is the word I'm looking for. Couldn't find it. I'm sorry about that. Uh, and liable. But they are a free press. As long as that constitution is there intact, they can say and write what they want to write. Donald Trump has to realize he is a public figure. A public figure, and he's going to be ridiculed, and he can't sue because he's a public figure. But Donald Trump wants to be a dictator, and I can say this. If the Republicans win Congress, win in, in November, then there, is, there will be no more media. He's going to strip you. He's going to strip everything away from you. So why not stand up to him? Whether you stand up to Donald Trump or not. He's still going to come after the media if, and I don't think this is going to happen, but if they should win back Congress, he's coming, uh, Congress is coming after the media too. So why not stand up to him? Why not, you know, what are you going to do? You're not going to lose your job for standing up to the, to this asshole. He can't fire you. He can't fire you. He may be able to suggest firing, but, you know, uh, he cannot fire you, and most of the most of uh, 
people in the media can't stand him. So if you're if you're working in the media, media, you will not be fired because you can't stand Donald Trump's fucking ass anyway. Just like they don't want him in Pittsburgh. So stand up to Donald Trump. Stop bowing down to him like he's some sort of fucking king when he's just a traitor and a terrorist and a lying cheat and another uh, Republican who's lining their pockets with taxpayer money. That's all they're doing. So why would you bow down to a fucking criminal? Stand up to Donald Trump. Stop giving him the attention that he wants. I mean, Donald Trump really doesn't care if the attention that he gets is negative or positive. As long as he gets attention, that's that's fine. But as always, he doesn't like negative things saying about it. I mean, it hurts him to have negative things say said about it, even though if those negative things are true, they're true. They're not lies. He still doesn't want it. He wants you to say something nice about him. Basically, he wants the media to lie for him. Oh, he's a great man. He's a great man. He's done everything. America loves him. He's beautiful. The, Trump wants the media to lie for him, to, to say he's great. And now, as I've said before, uh, and now the um, – the, um, what, what am I trying to say here? Um, the Republicans in Congress who are about to lose their seats are blaming Donald Trump. And I've said this, how in the hell can they be blaming Donald Trump? They have to blame their damn selves for kissing Donald Trump's ass, voting the way Donald Trump wanted them to vote, and not voting the way the people who put their ass ass in office wanted them to vote. This has become the Donald Trump Nazi party, and people do not want any part of it. I do think Donald Trump is going to go down in flames in the midterms because uh, even Republicans are turning away from, from him. Republican donors and millionaires are not giving Republican candidates who are running for office, giving them any money. They're scrapping for money. They're trying to uh, con money out of <laughs> – out of the hapless voters so they can do, you know, get, uh, do more commercials or whatever, or, or uh, be more visible or whatever. So a lot of the uh, Republican donors, millionaire donors are not giving them any money. The Democrats are out raising uh, uh, Republicans in, in uh, money funding, uh, maybe four to five, four to one, maybe. You know, so the Democrats are outraising the Republicans. The Republicans aren't getting anything because a lot of these donors said that they didn't like the way the Republican, where the Republican Party was going. So the money stopped. These Republicans aren't getting any money. So a lot of them are going to be losing their office. A lot of them have already lost, and they they feel that they're going to blame Donald Trump. Blame yourself. You had the power to get rid of this guy. You had the power to throw him out of office. You had the power to put checks and bonuses on his ass, and you didn't. Instead, you became complicit, and your voters are saying they're going to kick you out. Yes, voter suppression is in high gear. I mean, in Georgia and uh, Georgia and Florida, you name it, Texas, 
voter suppression is in high gear. They're even switching the votes. But I still think that it's not going to work. I don't think it's going to work, but I do think federal judges are jumping in and saying, hey, halt this shit. You, 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 uh, you cannot uh, suppress these people, right, these folks, and their right to vote. And their right to vote. And the Republicans are – they have to cheat. They have to cheat. It's a damn shame because these people have to cheat. They can't win nothing with, without having to cheat. And I do think if Democrats win the House of Representatives or both the Senate, they should outlaw cheating. Make cheating in the election a crime. They should – let's see, something else they should do. They should make lying to the, to the American people against the law, lying straight out to the American people against the law, saying false things in public should be uh, perjury uh, and can uh, cause a person to do jail time like Sarah Huckabee Sanders. They should change a lot of laws, and they could do them. They could do them, change these laws uh, once these Republicans are out of office. Uh, and I've said many times, I think Republicans should be voted out all over the place, not just in Washington, but in every area, every crevice of the United States where a Republican is in, in office, vote them out. This is going to take maybe uh, five or ten years to get all Republicans out of office, but I think we can do it. Get them all out. They're all on the same page. They're all about stealing money and lining their pockets. Right now, the, right, right now, a lot of Republicans are on their way out uh, of Congress. They're trying to find a way to line their pockets. And Trump is talking about tax cuts. He's talking about tax cuts for for the middle class. And Congress is not even in session. So that's a pipe dream, okay? Uh, do not believe anything Sarah Huckabee Sanders says. Do not believe anything that comes out of Trump's mouth. Just believe that we have to get rid of these Republicans or they will get rid of us. These lying, uh, Nazi, criminal, uh, complicit, uh, traitors, traitorous Republicans and their king, Trump. We have to get rid of them, folks. Uh, like I said before, Republicans uh, aren't going to go like that. They're going to fight. They're going to fight. But we got we have to try to get – that's our goal. That's this show's goal is to try to get every Republican out of office in the United States, period, all of them, because they're all on the same page. They're all about lining their pockets, lying to the American public through their teeth, sounding convincing, but lying – as 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 they lie about pre-existing conditions, uh, they want to hang on to them. They're going to strengthen it when they done voted against pre uh, voted against pre-existing conditions six times. So why would they want to hold on to it? They're just lying to you to get your vote. And the thing about it is that older Americans buy buy into that shit. They believe that shit. Then when the when these uh, white Republican uh, uh, candidates come on that television, uh, sounding so uh, 
convincing and sounding with so much and sounding with so much conviction on saving uh, uh, or making better pre-existing conditions. That's a lie. Obamacare has pre-existing conditions, and the Republicans are trying to stop you from getting, from applying for it. They voted against it six times, folks. Tell the tell your elders, the older folks, the seniors, stop listening to Fox News. Stop listening to Fox News. Sean Hannity and the rest of them clowns who are lying to you in front of your face trying to get you to believe something that's not true. We all know about Fox News. We all know about it. They're all liars, bullshitters, propaganda. Conspiracy nuts, stop listening to Fox News. I've said this on the show the other day. Pull, pull your grandfather or your grandmother away from the television and try to convince them that Fox News is not the way to go and try to convince them that voting Republican, it, voting, excuse me, voting Democrat is the way to go because the Republicans are going to take their Social Security. The Republicans are going to take their Medicare. They won't be able to go to doctors. Why? But you know what? You still got people uh, who are going to vote for Republicans. You got people. I mean, all of these people that go to all of these folks that go to Trump's rallies, some they're most of them are young people. They have a mother, they have a grandmother, they have somebody on Social Security. Why are they backing Donald Trump to take away their mother, grandmother, great grandmother's Social Security check and and uh, opportunity to go see a doctor? I don't know. Uh, one of my Facebook friends, I think her name is Monica. She said, well, George, they're just stupid assholes. What can you say? And uh, yeah, and I, I just don't understand it why Ted, Ted Cruz is up as much as he is in Texas. And that's why I'm saying to those folks at the sound of my voice, do not vote for Ted Cruz. He's going to take away your Social Security check. He's going to lie like a dog. He's going to he's going to going to uh, line his pocket pockets with taxpayer money. He's going to become a Nazi if he's not already, uh, along with Donald Trump and the rest of the Republicans in Congress. Nazi Party, because Trump uh, declared himself to be a nationalist. And uh, and a whole host of other reasons. Okay, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on uh, Block Talk Radio. It's it's the beginning of the week, folks. And sometimes you have to really stretch it out, stretch stretch out uh, <laughs> some things because it's a it's the beginning of the week, and you stretch your arms. You go, oh my goodness, it's the, it's it's the first week of the show. Uh, last week we were having some technical difficulties. We were on only two days a week, and basically this show is on four days a week. So um, we'll try to do better. We will try and do better. Um, I want some of you folks, uh, some of you folks who are listening to the show, to go to my Amazon, 
my Amazon page where all my writings are and give me some reviews. I hardly got any reviews up there. Uh, give me some, give me a few kind reviews on some of the, some of my work. It's hard work. Um, and uh, check some of that stuff. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. All right. We're going to do this and we will be right back. All I wanted was a much-deserved promotion, and he told me to get up on the desk and spread them. All the men in my office wrote down on a piece of paper the sexual favors that I could do for them. All I had asked for was an office with a window. I asked for his advice about how I could get a bill out of committee. He asked me if I brought my knee pads. Those are just a few of the horrific stories that I heard from women over the last year as I've been investigating workplace sexual harassment. And what I've found out is that it's an epidemic across the world. It's a horrifying reality for millions of women when all they want to do every day is go to work. Sexual harassment doesn't discriminate. You can wear a skirt, hospital scrubs, army fatigues. You can be young or old, married or single, black or white. You can be a Republican, a Democrat, or an Independent. I heard from so many women, police officers, members of our military, financial assistants, actors, engineers, lawyers, bankers, accountants, teachers, journalists. Sexual harassment, it turns out, is not about sex. It's about power and about what somebody does to you to try and take away your power. And I'm here today to encourage you to know that you can take that power back. On July 6, 2016, I jumped off a cliff all by myself. It was the scariest moment of my life, an excruciating choice to make. I fell into an abyss all alone, not knowing what would be below. But then something miraculous started to happen. Thousands of women started reaching out to me to share their own stories of pain and agony and shame. They told me that I became their voice they were voiceless. And suddenly I realized that even in the 21st century, every woman still has a story. Like Joyce, a flight attendant supervisor whose boss in meetings every day would tell her about the porn that he'd watched the night before while drawing penises on his notepad. She went to complain. She was called crazy and fired. Like Joanne, Wall Street banker, her male colleagues would call her that vile C-word every day. She complained, labeled a troublemaker, never to do another Wall Street deal again. Like Elizabeth, an army officer. Her male subordinates would wave $1 bills in her face and say, dance for me. And when she went to complain to a major, he said, what, only $1? You're worth at least 5 or 10. 
After reading, replying to all, and crying over all of these emails, I realized I had so much work to do. Here are the startling facts. One in three women that we know of have been sexually harassed in the workplace. 71% of those incidences never get reported. Why? Because when women come forward, they're still called liars and troublemakers and demeaned and trashed and demoted and blacklisted and fired. Reporting sexual harassment can be, in many cases, career-ending. Of all the women that reached out to me, almost none are still today working in their chosen profession, and that is outrageous. I, too, was silent in the beginning. It happened to me at the end of my year as Miss America, when I was meeting with a very high-ranking TV executive in New York City. I thought he was helping me throughout the day, making a lot of phone calls. We went to dinner, and in the back seat of a car, he suddenly lunged on top of me and stuck his tongue down my throat. I didn't realize that to get into the business, silly me, he also intended to get into my pants. And just a week later, when I was in Los Angeles meeting with a high-ranking publicist, it happened again, again in a car, and he took my neck in his hand, and he shoved my head so hard into his crotch, I couldn't breathe. These are the events that suck the life out of all of your self-confidence. These are the events that until recently, I didn't even call assault. And this is why we have so much work to do. After my years, Miss America, I continued to meet a lot of well-known people, including Donald Trump. When this picture was taken in 1988, nobody could have ever predicted where we'd be today. <laughs> Me, fighting to end sexual harassment in the workplace. He, President of the United States, in spite of it. And shortly thereafter, I got my first gig in television news in Richmond, Virginia. Check out that confident smile with the bright pink jacket. Not so much the hair. <laughs> I was working so hard to prove that blondes have a lot of brains. But ironically, one of the first stories I covered was the Anita Hill hearings in Washington, D.C. And shortly thereafter, I too was sexually harassed in the workplace. I was covering a story in rural Virginia, And when we got back into the car, my cameraman started saying to me, wondering how much I had enjoyed when he touched my breasts when he put the microphone on me, and it went downhill from there. I was bracing myself against the passenger door. This was before cell phones. I was petrified. I actually envisioned myself rolling outside of that door as the car was going 50 miles per hour, like I'd seen in the movies, and wondering how much it would hurt. When the story about Harvey Weinstein came to light, one of the most well-known movie moguls in all of Hollywood, the allegations were horrific. 
But so many women came forward, and it made me realize what I had done meant something. He had such a lame excuse. He said he was a product of the 60s and 70s, and that that was the culture then. Yeah, that was the culture then, and unfortunately, it still is. Why? Because of all the myths that are still associated with sexual harassment. Women should just take another job and find another career. Yeah, right. Tell that to the single mom working two jobs, trying to make ends meet, who's also being sexually harassed. Women. They bring it on themselves by the clothes that we wear and the makeup that we put on. Yeah, I guess those hoodies that Uber engineers wear in Silicon Valley are just so provocative. <laughs> Women make it up. Yeah, because it's so fun and rewarding to be demeaned and taken down. I would know. Women bring these claims because they want to be famous and rich. Our own president said that. I bet Taylor Swift, one of the most well-known and richest singers in the world, didn't need more money or fame when she came forward with her groping case for one dollar. And I'm so glad she did. Breaking news: the untold story about women and sexual harassment in the workplace. Women just want a safe. Welcoming and harass-free environment. That's it. So, how do we go about getting our power back? I have three solutions. Number one, we need to turn bystanders and enablers into allies. Ninety-eight percent of United States corporations right now have sexual harassment training policies. Seventy percent. Have prevention programs, but still, overwhelmingly, bystanders and witnesses don't come forward. In 2016, the Harvard Business Review called it the bystander effect. And yet, remember 9/11? Millions of times we've heard, "If you see something, say something." Imagine how impactful that would be. If we carried that through to bystanders in the workplace regarding sexual harassment, to recognize and interrupt these incidences, to confront the perpetrators to their face, to help and protect the victims, this is my shout out to men. We need you in this fight, and to women too, enablers, to allies. Number two. Change the laws. How many of you out there know whether or not you have a forced arbitration clause in your employment contract? Not a lot of hands. And if you don't know, you should. And here's why. Time magazine calls it right there on the screen: the teeny tiny little print in contracts that keeps sexual harassment claims unheard. Here's what it is. Forced arbitration takes away your Seventh Amendment right to an open jury process. It's secret. You don't get the same witnesses or depositions. In many cases, the company picks the arbitrator for you. There are no appeals, and only 20% of the time does the employee win. But again, 
It's secret so nobody ever knows what happened to you. This is why I've been working so diligently on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. to change the laws, and here's what I tell the senators. Sexual harassment is apolitical. Before somebody harasses you, they don't ask you if you're a Republican or Democrat first. They just do it, and this is why we should all care. Number three, be fierce. It starts when we stand tall and we build that self-confidence and we stand up and we speak up and we tell the world what happened to us. I know it's scary, but let's do it for our kids. Let's stop this for the next generations. I know that I did it for my children. They were paramount in my decision-making about whether or not I would come forward. My beautiful children, my 12-year-old son, Christian, my 14-year-old daughter, Kaya, and boy, did I underestimate them. The first day of school last year happened to be the day my resolution was announced, and I was so anxious about what they would face. And my daughter came home from school, and she said, Mommy, so many people asked me what happened to you over the summer. And then she looked at me in the eyes, and she said, And Mommy, I was so proud to say that you were my mom. And two weeks later, when she finally found the courage to stand up to two kids who'd been making her life miserable, she came home to me and she said, Mommy, I found the courage to do it because I saw you do it.
All right, welcome back to the George Wilder Jr. Show, a musical break there, folks. Uh, I want to say, again, it's only a week or so away from November 6, 2018. And vote like your life depends on it. Vote like your heart depended on it. Vote like your country depended on it, because it does. It really, truly does. If the Republicans get their hands, get their mitts on the United States after the midterms, folks, we might as well all pack up and and go to another country because America will be a shell of itself. And I've said this online. I said that, and it's true. I've said white people are uh, destroying America. White people are. And maybe I should say some white people. This is not a racist statement, as I've said online. This is not a racist statement. But Trump is white. You know he's destroying. The Republicans who are kissing his ass and doing his bidding are white. Okay? Uh, uh, His supporters, his dumb, dopey, stupid reporters, supporters out here following their king uh, and causing mayhem and violence uh, in this country. And they're all white. I don't mean that. And some some white people admit it. Yeah, Georgia, white people are bringing the country down. It doesn't mean that I'm saying that all white people. No, not every white people. Not all white people. There are some great white people. I know some beautiful white people. I'm just saying, basically, the country is being destroyed by Trump, uh, Congress, uh, Trump supporters, uh, racism and hate, which is caused by white people. Not all, but the ones with power. With power. Because white people, some white people, not all, think they are so superior over other races. Especially these, especially these old crabby-ass white men in Congress. They think they're so superior over everybody else in the country. They're saying, well, African-Americans should go back to Africa. African-Americans are the enemy of the state. African-Americans should go. Muslims should go back to their countries. Uh, India, Indians should go back to their own countries. Maybe the white folks should go back to their country. I mean, they came over here from Europe and stole this country from the Native Americans. Some people say Indians. And now they want to steal it away from everybody else. They think they're so superior, so much better than the rest of us. It's a damn shame. So they get their, they use their money to hype themselves, to lie to us, uh, to say things that are not true, try to convince us, convince us, convince us, if I can say it, folks, convince us of their lies. You know, so they think they they are so superior over everybody else. And they're not. They're not. Yes, white people are bringing America to its knees. Not all, but the ones who are in Congress, the ones who are in the White House, the ones who are out here on the streets who are yelling Trump, 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 and then committing violence, shooting violence, physical violence, 
the kind of violence that Trump ignites at his rallies. People said they're embarrassed. They're ashamed. They're ashamed. If this was some other race, I mean, (laughs) you know, it wouldn't have gotten the time of the day. So we have to uh, take this country back. We have to vote. I mean, not just white people, but black people, orange people, um, Mexicans, Muslim, Americans, just in general. We have to take this country back from these few white people who are destined on breaking this country. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We're just about off the air, folks, and I want to say uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for understanding. We we have our problems here. Believe me, I have my problems here. And uh, problems will always consist, uh, but, we are, but we have to always try to uh, solve them. Uh, I'm a little dizzy, as you can probably figure out from the way I'm talking, but... Um, we have to vote, folks. We have to vote. And the way, way, the way it's looking now, it looks, it's, look, it's looking like Democrats are going to take the House, fully the Senate. And the Republicans are scared shitless. But you know what? If they go away, as I've said on many shows, if they go away, they're not going to go away broke. They're going to go away with our money in their pockets because that's what it's all about. Republicans getting rich and richer off you and me. And they're getting away with it, and that's the shame of it all. That's why I say when Democrats take over, start making some fucking laws that uh, uh, rogue Republicans cannot go off and steal our money, steal money uh, away from the American people because that's what they're doing. They're robbing us blind. So what you want to do, you want to get out. If you haven't voted early already, and a lot of people have. Millions of people have voted early already. Absentee ballots, that's beautiful, that's great, that's wonderful. And the Republicans are, are quaking in their boots. But there is voter suppression going on. Don't, don't ever think it's not going on. Voter suppression. But I do think with the numbers that I'm hearing about and seeing, voter suppression will not be a problem. It will not hinder uh, uh, or stop anything. The blue wave is coming. The tsunami is coming. The Republicans uh, are in trouble. And hopefully what I'm saying here will come true <laughs> because you never know. You never know. I mean, we all thought Hillary had it in 2016. And I was watching the election coverage. I was watching the returns in 2016. And I kept seeing Donald Trump, Donald Trump. I said, oh, my God. <laughs> no, no. And uh, so never, never uh, get too complacent, you know, but get out there and vote and vote and vote. Take and make sure you register. Take two pieces of ID with you um, to register. In some places, you don't need ID. You don't need to vote. Illinois, you know, we have voted. I mean, we know what we're about here. We're we're a red. We're a blue state. Excuse me. We're a blue, 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 blue state, a blue state, even though we have a. Uh, a, a Republican governor who I, I think is on his way out. So, folks, get out there and vote. Um, make sure you have all your ID with you because in some places they're going to, you know, ask you for them. They're going to match your name up with your name, uh, which is stupid. It is it is stupid. It's a, 
it's a way to uh, uh, suppress the vote. So um, get out there and do your, you know, stay positive, stay up, you know. Uh, don't sit around crying and, and feeling bad and saying the world is over and all that kind of thing. Get out there and fight. You have a phone, make some calls. Let your voice be heard. You have your voice is powerful. Let it, let it be heard. Let people know what you're thinking. Let people know what you want. Call the right people, okay? Um, the George Wilder Jr. Show is just about off the folks. I want to say uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. I want to thank my guest. Um, Make sure you uh, go out there and check out her book. If you don't know what her the name of her book, then you know uh, 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 listen to the show again. You know, just after it's podcasted and downloaded, listen to the show again. And uh, because she makes a lot of sense, I re- I usually don't have people like that on the show, but she makes a lot of sense, and I kind of believe, you know, and we should too. So uh, go out and get her book. Her name is Elsie, uh, the way I'm pronouncing it, okay. Elsie Byskov, B Y S K O V, and she's Danish. Uh, her books are on Amazon. I'm going to send her a, a, a link in a little bit. Anyway, I want to say thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. Uh, wherever you're listening to, wherever you're listening to the show, whether it's day, night, evening, the weekend, or the weekend approaching. Thanks for listening. Have a great one. And vote blue, everybody. Heaven help the child who never had a home. Heaven help the girl who walks the streets alone. Up the roses if the bombs begin to fall. Heaven help the black man if he struggles one more day. Heaven help the white man if he turns back away. Heaven help the man who kicks the man who crawls. Heaven help the song Heaven help the song
me down before I go to sleep. In a troubled world, I pray the Lord to keep, keep hatred from the mighty and the mighty from the small. Yeah. 